Hi. Okay. Right, you ready? Hello, hello, I love you very much. Mwah, mwah. Right, go again. Wait, I need to record you. Can I can pay you money? Okay. Right, ready? Okay. Because then you can hear yourself. Wait, 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 I, wait, 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 okay. Right. Hello, I love you very much. Do you marry very much? Mwah, 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 Welcome to the I'll Marry You podcast. Go. Welcome to the I'll Marry You podcast. Start again. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the Married podcast. Woo! And you say, with me, Olivia Coleman. With me, Olivia Coleman. Welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman, full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts, and a whole lot of oversharing. I'm at death's door. I'm a knocking. Me, Avril Lavigne, <laughs> we're knocking on Evan's door. I've been watching Amanda and Alan all morning, so I've got a slight accent. That's not even their accent. I've caught the lurgy, haven't I? I'm ever so strong and I managed to last this long, but with both a child and a husband unwell, it was only a matter of time. Although poor James is so poorly that I've spent the last few nights in the spare room Oh, bliss, I tell you. We get ready to go to bed and he's like, are you going to sleep in the spare room tonight? Do you know what, babe? I don't want to because I miss you terribly. Oh, I miss you so much. But I just think it's for the best because I can't get sick, you know? We've got to think of the child here. And then he goes off to bed and coughs and splutters and sweats all night. And then I go off to the beautiful, clean, tidy, quiet spare room and watch my crap on my phone for as long as I want without complaint. It's the absolute bloody dream. I tell you what, people who say that the key to a successful marriage is spare, is different rooms or different sinks, or different toilets, different houses. <laughs> oh, honestly, because God love him, he's poorly, but Jesus Christ, if I have to hear about it one more time, what is that? I don't think it's a James thing. I think it's a man thing. Like, I get it. You're poorly. I don't have to hear about it every time you feel an ache or a pain. And then sometimes I'll say, oh, I feel rough or my back hurts or whatever. And he'll be like, oh, does it? Yeah. Do you know what? Because I haven't told you about it every 37 seconds of my life, that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It, it just means, <clears throat> Sam poorly. It just means that I'm a woman and I crack the fuck on. Okay, I get on with it because I have to get on with it because you are weak. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, but I don't have a lot of empathy when I myself am poorly. Because you've just got to crack on, haven't you? You've just got to crack on. So I'm cracking on. 
I'm feeling rough. I'm feeling fat. So I fake tanned. I went overboard. I've got lines on my hands. So I wore gloves to the school drop-off. And I was very... I couldn't find my, like, winter gloves, so I was going to wear those gloves you wear, like, like in a kitchen, like the plastic gloves, but I thought they might question my sanity or think that I'm going to perform some sort of veterinary operation after drop-off. So I... Luckily, I stuck with my routing and I managed to find my winter gloves. Anyway, I'm poorly, I'm fat, I'm fake tanned. <laughs> because do you know what? I said to someone the other day, it's a lot quicker to fake tan the fat than lose the fat. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's the moral of my story. <laughs> so I hope you're all right, because it does seem to be going around, doesn't it? So I hope you're not too poorly. <clears throat> um, and you've had a good week. This week's episode, we've got an interview with an industry expert and I'm excited about it because she is gorge. And even though we recorded it quite a while ago now, um, I've been waiting for the opportune moment. And if I'm honest, the opportune moment is now because I'm poorly and I can't be arsed to record a fresh episode this week. So you're getting it. The gorgeous Hannah Rose. She's a wedding and event planner. She's beautiful. She's fun. Similar sort of vibe to me, I feel like. She's not at all, not at all pretentious, not at all like artsy-fartsy. She's completely real. And she's got that vibe that you feel like if there's a problem, she'll just sort it. And that is what you want with your wedding suppliers. You want people whose personality is very much like, if, if I can help, I will help. You do not want people on your wedding day who are like, oh, do you know what? That's not my job, Karen. So I'm not going to do that. You want people to just do whatever needs to be done. So I'm excited for you to listen to this interview. Do bear in mind it was recorded a while ago with the beautiful Hannah Rose wedding and event planner. Enjoy. And if I die (laughs) with this illness, thank you for listening. Send flowers and cash donations to the Olivia Coleman charity, which will be funding the performing arts pursuits of my three-year-old daughter. God bless. You're all right. Um, Thank you very much for coming to talk to me. I'm sorry it's been a bloody nightmare. That's all right. (laughs) Where are you calling from? Where's home? I'm Northamptonshire. So Midlands. I don't know where that is. In fact, Northamptonshire is one of the reasons why I'm so bad at geography because I just assumed that Northampton and Southampton were boroughs of Hampton. Oh. They're not. I think it's up north. I'm like, it's not up north. Where are you? Outside Bath. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you're like west. I don't know. In the middle. So, but we're literally bang in the middle of London and Birmingham. Uh, well, that's handy for you. I'm literally just above Milton Keynes. Yeah. That's very handy. So where do you do yeah. most of your work then? Um, all over? A little bit all over, but mainly like London, Surrey, Cambridgeshire, Oxfordshire, Northamptonshire. Yeah. So let's go back to the very beginning then. Who are you? What do you do? Why do we care? <laughs> why, why am I interested? <laughs> I am interested, but tell me why. <laughs> um, I'm Hannah Rose. I'm a wedding planner, event manager. Um, but based in Northamptonshire, <laughs> but travel yeah, all over. Not so. a borough of Hampton. Yeah, got no, it, no. got it. 
Um, we offer anything from full planning, so couples who are just engaged want us to plan everything, to partial planning when they started their planning, realised it's actually really, really time consuming and think, oh, I need someone to help, um, to yeah. on-the-day management where they plan it themselves and then it could be a dry-high venue, it could just be that they want somebody that works for them, um, could be an at-home wedding that we then go in and manage the day. So first and foremost, is your real name Hannah Rose? Yes. Your surname's Rose? Yes. That's brilliant. That's <laughs> a, don't you love it when your name works for you? I know, yeah. Yeah, it works. And I also live, my street name has got Rose in it as well, where I live. Sure. So people get really confused. They're like, is that actually your address? I'm like, yeah. Is that your maiden name or are you married? No, but I'm about to get married. So, <gasps> yeah. Oh. Another level to this podcast interview. I know. So it's going to change, but um, my business name won't change. In the business, in like the wedding world, I'll be Hannah Rose. But in my personal life, I'll be a much more boring name. (laughs) Why? What what are you changing it to? Hannah Roberts. I mean, that's much worse. Uh, Did you, you, were you always going to happy to change your name? Or did you think, oh, actually, I'm going to keep Rose? Um... I'm not really that bothered. It's yeah. It's not the. It's a very confusing story. I have a very tell me. Family. Good. Tell I'm me. Tell me. Actually, born as Hannah Rose. It's my brother and sister's name and my mum's married name. So my mum changed my name. Um, oh. so I wasn't actually born with it. So I don't feel like I like it, and it works yeah. for my business. But I don't like have any. It's not like, oh, I feel bad because it's my dad's name or do you know what I mean? Like, so I'm mm. not really that, really that fussed about changing it, but it does sound like it's an absolute ball ache to change your name. So it's not-, it's not like it is in the movies where they like just send off one form and everything's changed. You have to do everything individually. I've been married six years and I still don't know which doctor, surgery and dentist has which name. Yeah. And do you know what? I feel like I'm going to be one of these people like, we're going to go, when I get married in May, then I'm going to be straight in wedding season. Like, wedding season's literally going to be happening around my wedding. So I feel like I'm going to come out of it and probably, I'm definitely not going to have time to sort all that next yeah. summer. So I feel like it's going to be one of those things that just keeps egging up, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have time to do that. Because it is a lot, isn't it? It's not even just your passport and stuff. It is everything, like your bank, your bills, like everything has to align because yeah. then, you know, you, you when you want to sign up for anything, it's like, oh, well, you need a bank statement to show that or you need a utility bill. So you have to change everything. Um, yeah, it's a nightmare. And also, I think, you know, just 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 in case, keep your own name for a bit just to see how you get on, you know, married life, see if it's for <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Well, we've been together 10 years, so you'd kind of home. So, Tam, we will like... get on to your business because that is what you're here for. But I didn't realise you were engaged. It's exciting. Yeah. So you've been together 10 years. Yeah. And how long have you been engaged? Um, a, just over a year. And were you proposed to? Yes. How? Talk me through your proposal. Um, at the top of a mountain. You can see the video <gasps> on my Instagram. Yeah, so we're big into climbing. So we climb Snowdon and then went across to the next peak, which is in my accent called Illywed, but I'm from Norfolk. If you're from Wales, you're probably going to be like, what the hell are you saying? Illywed. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so he posed, yeah, at the top of the mountain, yeah. Ah. But he's big into like photography and droning. So he, but he always puts his people, the amount of people that are commenting on my Instagram, like, 
But you obviously knew it was going to happen because there was a drone flying above your head. And I was like, no, honestly, that's just what my half does all the time. He's like, oh, just stand there while I drone you, you know. Um, so, yeah, wasn't expecting oh. it. So you weren't expecting it, but you've no. been together a long time. So you must yeah. have spoken about it. Nah, just not very much, very my other half, really. It's not. Oh, really? Yeah. He's just like, whatever. But quite hard to propose to someone it, with the idea of having a wedding when that person is a wedding planner. I know. Yeah. I think that's why I never thought he'd propose because he just, he was just like, no, I can't deal with this. Yeah. Like I can't meet those expectations. So sod it. I'm not even going to ask. <laughs> I'd also always said that I would get married within six months of getting engaged but obviously by that point it was like end of August well I already had bookings for this year so I mm. couldn't get married this year so I had to wait till next year so why why did you always say you would only wait six months just because I'm that kind of person where I was like honestly this year has been like the longest wait now to be fair I'm like oh my god it's seven months away and I've hardly done anything but to be fair like I was just at the start I was like oh I just wanted to be here like I think because I'm in the industry, like all of my suppliers are like industry friends. So I was just ringing yeah. them, yo, are you available on this date? Yeah, cool. It's not like I'm a normal, a normal bride. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's where I've got to like, you know, look for my suppliers and get quotes. And, you know, I've done, you know, the day that we got it, you know, literally like a week later, I was there doing my budget, you know, booking, booking my suppliers. So. Are you, like a, are you finding it like um because you're pla you're a wedding planner that's planning your own wedding and it's a little bit like my husband's a mechanic and my car's broken or like yeah. i've got friends that are hairdressers and they've got shit hair because you don't you always because it, it's what you do for a living you put all that time and effort into your clients and not yourself are you finding that a bit or not really and and everybody says to me how's the wedding planning going and i always answer like oh yeah i've got we've got where uh, one coming up next week and, and then they're like oh no, like there's me rolling on about my business and they're like, no, I meant your wedding. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so, like seven months away and there's so, I have, yeah, my to-do list is, is pretty big. I haven't even thought about it this summer, to be honest. But then that's it. And I bet you would reprimand your clients if they had seven months to go and they hadn't ticked off enough boxes. My couples for like next year, I'm currently planning one in April. I've got one in June, one in July. Um, they've all got, they're all far, the June and July ones are far further down the process than I am and mine's before theirs. <laughs> so tell me briefly then, what's the plan for yours? May, where are you getting married? So we're legally getting married um, in Wales. So we are, um, this is going to sound a bit crazy, but I didn't want to do a civil a civil ceremony. Like bit, I've seen probably about 500 of yeah. them. Good like, girl, they're boring. Mm. Boring, not a big fan of a registrar. Sorry if you're a registrar. No, but, fair. Um, so we legally get, we're going to the registry office in Wales to do our little sign-in. It costs you, this is what I would say to people, it costs you £42 to be legally married. Paid my 42 quid, sign me a little certificate, and then we're going to climb Snowdon, but in, so I'm going to have, I've got a dress just for that one. I'm going to climb Stop. in. Yes, so we've got the most incredible... Um, photographer James Frost he's based in Cornwall but he's going to come up to Wales and um, very much what he does is like mountains and really like cool stuff so they're going to climb with us they're going to be our witnesses at the registry office we'll get that done and dusted and then we're going to climb and um, yeah and just have loads of photos and stuff up on the way which is going to be really cool so we're staying in Wales for that whole week um, and then three weeks later we then got like a celebration day with our friends and family in Northamptonshire 
um, yeah. So uh, I've got so many questions. So when, when you're climbing, is, is it like a full on dress? I mean, I'm not a climber. The only thing I climb is the social ladder. <laughs> um, but I don't, so I don't understand. Do you have hiking boots? Do you have yeah. those poles that people use? No. Do you, will you have a water bottle? What level of hiking are we talking about here? Yeah, so Snowden's not like the most difficult mountain. I mean, it depends how experienced you are, but I suppose for us it's not, it's not like crazy difficult. We've done it a few times, like it's fine. Is it hike, like where do we go from like an extreme walk to a hike to a climb? It's not climbing as in you're not doing this. You're not okay. using your hands, but it is climbing as in some bits you need to like get on your bum a little bit and, you know, you're, you're more like stepping up like quite steep, like big st- Be like climbing your your stairs for your house but like hundreds and hundreds of so times so are you gonna do it in the dress yeah but my dress is really simple and it hasn't got a train because obviously yeah that would be difficult god <laughs> I, I i don't mean to be crude straight off the bat but i feel like you're gonna have to wear big knickers yeah yeah and <laughs> even in that time of year i think maybe some thermals no, it may. No. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how high up this mountain is. Like, you might get altitude sickness. We climbed it in March one year and it was it was like because you get so hot because you're climbing. But yeah, we will have to we will definitely have hiking boots. We're gonna get matching ones. So Oh my yeah. god, I think you should die Monte then, Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> so it'll be you two and two photographers. Yes. And that's it. Yeah. Are you taking flowers up there? No, well, I was thinking about this because I did think because my florist who's doing the one three weeks later, she could do like a dry bouquet yeah. um, because obviously I'm going up on like the Sunday and the wedding's not till the Tuesday. So like you, it'll die basically. Um, yeah. But then I thought, do I want to bother? Because then I'm not carrying that up, Snowden. No way. Well, surely he'll carry it up with his, in his rucksack or something. <laughs> No, but we're not going to have it. So the only other thing we are thinking about is having a friend, just one person come with us to carry like Yeah, like a mule. You want like a, like a Gurkha. Yeah. A Sherpa, you mean. A sh- yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> a Gurkha. What's a Gurkha? A sk- isn't a Gurkha that? I'm sure a Sherpa or a Gurkha. Yeah, like, because I don't want a, a rucksack on with my dress. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. No. So we will be taking pictures as you climb. How long is this climb? From top to bottom, bottom um, to top. I mean, it depends. Like, we, we've we done it before. We've got up in, like, two hours, hour and a half back down. So, yeah, normally it would take us probably about four hours max, three, four hours. But, like, obviously it's going to take us a lot longer. We went up this year with my nine-year-old niece, bless her, and um, I think it took us about nine hours. And <laughs> bless her. Oh, my God. Little legs, you know. <laughs> That's torture. What does a poor girl do to deserve that punishment? No, she loved it, really. I mean, she did cry on the way back down, but she was fine. Of course she did. She was she was weeping the whole way down. She was like, I've enough. On the way up, she was, like, shooting off, like, zoom, like, trying to beat us. Oh, bless her. And then on the way back down, she was like, I've just had enough. But to be fair, we went at Easter weekend. So when you get to the top, obviously they'd never done it before. So they wanted to touch, there's like a stone at the top, top that you touch. But the queue to touch that stone was an hour. So, yeah. Oh, find another stone. (laughs) Like any stone, just touch the stone. Just, yeah, touch the floor. Yeah, go. That's That's amazing. So you're doing that and then... The, the one three weeks later are you having a ceremony or just a party yeah we're gonna have so um our auntie and uncle are american so um 
we call them our auntie and uncle. They're our adopted auntie and uncle. Yeah. They're family friends. We call them our auntie and uncle. So they're going to do our ceremony for us. So we're going to write it um, all together and then they're going to do it for us. How lovely. Really so good. it'll be a proper yeah. wedding. Yeah, like real personal ceremony. We're going to do like vows, like, um, you know, things that annoy each other that we're going to be like, I promise to not do this. And, yeah. You know, leave my pants on the floor and just real. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've been together 10 years there's no pants on the floor anymore <laughs> yeah, there, there's no going back is there <laughs> there's no going back after that length of time oh no. that sounds absolutely brilliant I suppose the thing is is when you see so many different styles did mm. you find it quite overwhelming to choose your own or was it was it very easy like no this is what we want yeah and no I know I, I do think I did find it difficult because you see like this colors or the, like for example bridesmaids yeah. they're all so samey like a bridesmaid's dress is a bridesmaid's dress and I just oh like the amount of you know dresses that we've looked at because it's just like I just see the same thing every week you know I know uh, but to you it's the same thing I remember when I was getting engaged when I was getting married and my husband was like oh why I saw this thing on the internet where um, it's like a table, but it's like full of sweets and it's like a pick and mix. But if I see one more sodding <laughs> sweet table and he, he, he thought it was ingenious. I was like, one more sodding sweet table and I'll shoot you. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not having it. Like we're literally stripping it back. We're doing, ours is very chilled as well. We're having a barbecue. So we're having the ceremony. We'll do a nice drink reception, canapes, barbecue, pizza van in the evening really chilled I don't want any of this sit down stuff I don't want place cards like I just want but I bet you I mean how looking at what you do now business wise what's the ratio of that kind of chilled out low-key wedding to big glamorous because you do quite big weddings don't you yeah I mean I do tend to find that people they always say they want an informal wedding but by our standards it's not actually informal you know no like they still want the three course meal they still want people to sit down they still want place cards they still want a table plan for me an informal yeah. wedding is what I'm doing so we're saying right the barbie's going to be on at five o'clock it's going to run until 6 30 you can either sit in there at the nice tables because I am going to have the nice tables with the beautiful flowers because I want that and I want the yeah. you know or you can sit on these lovely outdoor tables all these bank blankets on the floor you can get your dinner at five you can get it at half past five like I don't care you sit where you want do what you want eat when you want so that's I like that. Normal. Yeah. yeah, that that's not normal. It's when people say, oh, I just, it makes me laugh when people are like, oh, do you know, just something really low key, just something super yeah. relaxed. And you're like, those are actually the hardest weddings to pull off. Yeah. And to be fair, if one of my couples come to me and said that, I'd probably be a bit like, uh, but also we, just to point out, we are only having 45 guests in the day. Oh, uh, okay. If you were doing 80, then I'd be like, absolutely not. Because you know, for full well, as soon as our MC announces that the barbecue is fired up at five o'clock, everyone's mm. going to want to go and get food because everyone's going to be hungry. But, mm. um, you know, if you've got 80 guests doing that, it, yeah, I wouldn't advise doing it because we've only got a small party because I know my family and friends really well. And I know that they're not all just going to rush to the to the food. Some mm. of them will be having a chat and you, you know what it's like getting people to sat down as it is. I think it will work fine. And to be honest, even if people are waiting around, I'm just not really bothered about things like that. Whereas <laughs> if me and said that I'd probably be like yeah if it was like 80 people 100 people I'd be like absolutely not you need to sit people down you need to do a table <laughs> I know I people have said that to me in the past oh we're just it's going to be super relaxing we've got 150 people I'm like no no, no. 
And I find actually with a relaxed wedding, it's hard to put into words how to create that because actually a relaxed, low key, chilled out wedding, I think is more about the people than it is about anything else. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you've got to, like, I know for a fact, like, my friends and family won't care if they've got to wait at the barbecue for 10 minutes to get for their Mm. burgers. And I also think, like, I'd have 40 people for a barbecue at home. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's a huge number to have to manage. Um, And my caterers are used to doing, like, 100, 150, 200 people. So to them, it's nothing. Um, I do think it works really well if you've got like street food and you've got numerous street food. So I've had people do like 80 people in that kind of style, but they'll have like a fish and chip van, a like a souvlaki van, a like... Really? Like a little, like a proper festival? Yeah. So that works well because then people are going up to different things to get different things at different at different times. So I think if you want to do it informal, you have to really strip it back. But I have so many couples that come to me and they're like, Oh, I want it really informal, but then like, there's that you know we want a barbecue, but oh, we still want to do a table plan, and we still we still want wine on the tables and things like that. And I'm like, no, but that that's formal, that's formal. Yeah, but then, see, it's structure as well, and I do think yeah. that any any event, any party requires a certain level of organisation. Yeah. Otherwise, it all goes to shit. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. how long has Hannah Rose been making dreams come true? <laughs> um, I've been in the industry I think it's like 14 years I always say 15 years because it's like random Sounds better. it's mm. about 14 years it's, it's all I've ever done so I went to I did event management um, I never ever wanted to do weddings I always wanted to do like I was very I grew up doing musical theatres trained singer all those kind of things and I wanted to do like backstage I wanted to be like in the theatre like planning um, you know what shows were going to like be like stage manager yeah, that kind of vibe or like on holiday camps, planning who the acts are going to be and, you know, who the teams are going to be and all those kind of things. That's what I what I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, my first ever job, I came out of, I was about to graduate uni. There was a local wedding venue. I'm from Norfolk um, in Norwich. Um, they, were, they were looking for like a wedding assistant to the coordinator. And I thought, well, I need a job because I need to earn some money. Yeah. <laughs> And I thought, well, it's going to get me in the, like, everybody else on my course, nobody had a job. And I was like... Really? Quite a cut for, yeah. Everyone was, like, leaving uni and nobody had any work in the events industry. And actually, looking back, like, you know, you still got people on Facebook. I don't think many people that were on, that did the degree that I did are even in the wedding industry or in the... But event- don't you think that, I mean, I maybe I'm talking out of turn, but I quite often, especially... 10, 15 years ago, I think a degree in event management was a little bit, I mean, I can say this because I've got a degree in acting, which is also total bollocks, but I think it was a little bit like, yeah. oh, I don't know what to do and I like parties. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I didn't, I'll be really honest, I didn't need to do it. I could have gone and probably no. that job. And the thing is, I think what differed with me was, and I get this a lot, I get people emailing me all the time saying, oh, I'm doing a degree in event management, just wanted some advice. I'm like, go and volunteer like so or like when I I recruited this year and I was having people apply with these degrees they had no other work like so I'm like go and work in a hotel serve like your Mm. bare basics is knowing how to serve like knowing how to set a table go and be a waitress go and go and uh, volunteer for other planners go and volunteer in events departments and that's what I did and I think Mm. that's how I then 
you know, I probably would have got the job without the degree, just with all the other stuff. But um, yeah, I, I went straight into that job. And then absolutely loved it. And within six months, the the woman that I was assisting, um, she went on maternity leave. And it was a bit like, well, yeah, Hannah will do the job. So I was like, yeah. Oh, wow. So I was then like a full coordinator. And it was a proper throw you in the deep end venue. They were one of these that was like they had packages, kind of like low value packages. They were doing 180 weddings a year. One in, one out, one in, one out, one in, which gave me like the best experience. It sounds rank and I'd never. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, (laughs) this video is not shown because my face just like. Um, But, you know, it gave me, it threw me in the deep end because it was so like so busy you it was just crazy and every wedding is different and there's just so much going on and you were 50 percent opera ops so you were there on the day you know setting up the tables putting chair covers on oh that's how long ago it was Um, and then you were in the office replying to all the emails and doing all the final details and and so it gave me a very good insight into the industry i bet it did but you're absolutely right to actually go and live it and do it is Mm -hmm. the best beginning because I think so much of it is like yes you need to be organized and you need to be good at time management and budgeting there are all these various skills that you need to be able to do it but actually I think 60% of it is your personality how you cope in a crisis how you cope with the pressure and you know dealing with different people with different personalities because Christ alive people are very weird when it comes to weddings yeah yeah. You really get some uh, some yeah, personality. Right. Good insight to it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's, and that's, that's, I mean, people still say that now. I think there's less of those type of venues anymore, or perhaps it's just that they're less popular. But mm. 10 years ago, certainly, um, there were a lot of those venues, hotels, big hotels and things, and they just was wedding machines, wasn't it? One in, one out. Yeah, and also, I don't think there was the range of venues that you have now. So this was like mm. a little food. It was a hotel, but it was a boutique hotel, and it was lovely, and it had a, a marquee on the side, and they had a nice function room as well. So they used to do two a day as well, so that was hard Ooh, to Ooh, two yeah. a day? Well, at the same time? Yeah. Well, we'd have to manage it, so we'd try and do one that was a ceremony, so they'd get married at, like, 12, 1, 2, and then the second one would be a church, so they'd be arriving later, um, or if we did two ceremonies, it would be like 12 and four. So we had a gap. But yeah, it was, it was hard work. Um, but to be honest, I think it was so popular because your only other alternatives were hotels. Like there wasn't, yeah. you know, there wasn't farmers like offering their land for marquees and there wasn't barns and there wasn't loads of stately homes. And, you know, there was mm. a few, but they were like a ridiculous cost, you know. So it was a, it was actually a, a good venue in terms of it offered good value and yeah it was it wasn't a, a holiday in <laughs> <laughs> how long how long were you there for that venue I did I was there for two years then I met my other half um who I he's from Luton mm. uh, we say Bedfordshire he's from Bedfordshire <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean there's nothing sexier than Luton even no, I know that no, my no. Crap geography yeah um so um we met each other and then um, he was moving to Birmingham for his job. And we were a bit like, oh, how are we going to make this work? So we were already having to commute between Norwich and Luton. So I moved to Birmingham with him. We'd only been together three months. Woo! Uh, Go on, girl. I know, right? Straight in the deep end. And then yeah. so yeah, and then I obviously had to get a new job. So I went and worked for another ch- uh, hotel chain. Um, and I went, it was completely opposite. 
they had like five weddings a year. They were doing nothing. They needed to grow the business. So I went in obviously with this big experience of managing packages and wedding fairs and all these different things from like a real popular venue and just kind of basically transferred it over and made it really, really popular. I, yeah. I massively progressed there. I went on to manage two two of the venues as like an overall manager and yeah. yeah. You're impressive, aren't you? Well, you know, and then after that, I just went into different venues and I did that for 10 years, like just venue coordination, caterer management. Um, Yeah, and then my my latest job, the last job I ever had, I say the last last proper job I had, um, I managed a team of 10 uh, uh, event court, uh, like uh, sales sales coordinators and event planners at a um, very popular corporate hotel so yeah blimey and then so when did hannah rose events officially begin so i started it in 2000 i kind of had the idea in 2018 started kind of putting bits out there but i wasn't doing a lot 2019 when i was like right i need i really want to do this um and then i quit my job in january 2020 well yes no because nothing else is going on then so well, no, it was. The world was quiet. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. January 2020, I was all go, go, go. Great. I quit my job. I had loads of business in 2020. I'd really grown the business. Um, I'd, I'd grown my freelance work. So I quit in 2020, January 2020. March, lost my whole, everything. Lost the whole no, year. I mean, do you know what? I haven't actually spoken that much about COVID and lockdown stuff because meh, you know, yeah, boring. boring over it. But how did you, how did you cope with that? Because that is like, all of a sudden you just get the call that, I mean, for me personally, I was right in the middle of my, I'd left the venue I was working at, and I was on maternity leave, and I was, I had just was on the cusp of starting my business, so I was kind of in, in limbo. But, I mean, you would have, I can't, I can't even imagine. How many weddings did you have booked for 2020? I, with freelance and private, like 40. So what the, what the heavens, Jesus, did you do? <laughs> I know. Well, I was really lucky because I'd only just left. Um, the ve- the venue I worked for were brilliant. They um, re-employed me and furloughed me. And they did that until they made me redundant. I didn't get redundancy because obviously I'd already handed my notice in until July. Um, I then just saved all that money that I was making um, and then survived until like November survived till like November um obviously I've got my other half as well that we can kind of fall back on which was good and then um I went and worked for Royal Mail for three months did you um, what were you doing in the sorting office yeah sorting the parcels oh, I love it. it now be honest friends did you ever read anyone's post no it was, I was doing parcels did you ever steal anyone's parcels no you can't it's 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 high security you you're can't... like i tried but i couldn't i would have loved it i did though um was sorting parcels and was like hmm, this smells funny and it was like a package with weed in it <gasps> i know right all the what drunk. do you do call the police well i don't know i had to give it to my supervisor he probably smoked it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you gave it to your supervisor on the monday and he called him sick on the tuesday yeah he's like brilliant um, yeah, so I did that for a few months, and then I started a chocolate brownie business. What? I know, which sounds really random, but I'm very good at making chocolate brownies, and all my friends were always like, your chocolate brownies are amazing. So I was like, well, I'm going to make this a business. So I did, I already had like, all my health and safety stuff from the industry I'm in, um, yeah. 
and uh, like food hygiene and stuff. So I just had to like set it up as a business, like via the council and whatever, get my insurance. And then I live on the canal. I live on the Grand Union Canal. So I was just baking a batch every week, putting them outside my door. So contactless, honesty box or PayPal and people just pay me. And I swear to God that paid my mortgage for a year. Oh my God. You're like something something from a Dickens novel. I know. I was just like, what else can I do? What can I do? And everybody was doing like, you know, and then, you know, started things like food festivals and stuff were starting to be allowed again. So I was going to like, markets and things like that and just selling chocolate brownies and the thing is everyone was walking along the canal it was so busy because what else could you do there was nothing else to do so people would be like oh let's go out and take the kids for a walk along the canal great buy some chocolate brownies people were you, what, were you hannah rose brownies no it's grand union bakes because i live on the grand union canal nice I did try and continue it with when the the world opened up, but I had to just give it stop it in the end because it's just we're just too busy. Um, I don't think that I I can comment on your brownies until I've tasted some. So I will send you my address, (laughs) 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 and we will we'll we'll sort that out. That's incredible. Do you know what? As you're talking, I'm literally like all I can think of is that you are a grafter, aren't you? Yeah, uh, yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah, you're not. You are not work shy. No. No. <laughs> but that's so good. That's never... I'll never anything to make money. <laughs> never, it's never made sense to me. Like, when I was 16, I was like, boom, getting a job. And this never makes sense to me when kids hit 16 and aren't, like, shoving out the CV. Even when I was, like, 14, I was putting adverts in the local shop, like, babysitting services. Um, and I was working at, down at the local grocery shop, like cash in hand. And I, just, I yeah, anything. And then That's as soon brilliant. as I hit 16, I got a job. Like, because I was, just couldn't wait to work. I was, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. But but that but people aren't like that nowadays. And that's a whole different thing. But it's, it, it's all of a ball game. <laughs> yeah, that is a whole other podcast. Um, yeah. Probably for someone who's more intelligent than me. But um, no, people aren't like that any <laughs> anymore. But that is something that I, if I was looking for a wedding planner, that is something I would want. I would want someone, because I, do you know what I think, actually? I think that sometimes these wedding planners, because there's all sorts of different types of wedding planner, mm-hmm. and I think that some wedding planners, I'm going to say it, um, it's all very glamorous and it's all very yeah. pretty. And mm-hmm. I don't know, yes, that could just be for the gram and they could actually be working their tits off, or... Is it more of a case of, oh, I just people, my minions do it and I'm the face and I just, I look glamorous in Santorini. And I, I, I would, I don't want a wedding planner. I'm not going to hire a wedding planner because they look good in a pink suit. I'm going to hire them because they're a grafter and they're going to yeah. work their ass off. Yeah, 100%. And I completely agree. And I think the the, the problem, the problem, can't talk. The problem is a lot of people, you know, I hear it all the time. Oh, I planned my own wedding, so I could be a wedding planner. Like, no, no. It's not like that. Like, like I was saying earlier on, you need to be able to waitress. You need to be able to manage a kitchen. You need to be able to run a floor. Like, how how, how do you know, even know how to set up a table properly? And I've seen it. I've, I've freelanced for other planners who don't know how to, to, to put a place setting out properly. And I'm like, what is ba- it's the basics? And I think this is the problem is that people don't realise it is a profession that you need a lot of experience for. Because when mm. stuff goes wrong, stuff goes really wrong and you need to know how to manage it. I will happily put my hand down a toilet and unblock it. Like, yeah. I, 
the, with a hand, not even a, a coat hanger. You Who's know? a coat hanger? Exactly. You're a lady. Yeah. <laughs> and the amount of times, you know, things, the things that happen when you're on your hands and knees, clean and you know, scrubbing mm. the carpet where a supplier's walked in in their shoes before the guests are sat. But things like that, and I'm like, this isn't glamorous. It's not glamorous. It's hard. No. Um, I did a wedding in September. We did a 16-hour day. I started at 8 in the morning. The first time I ate that day was 7 p.m. It was stressful. I had to take, like, a few days off afterwards because I was like, yeah. my body is just dead. Like, it's so it's such hard work. People don't it's realize. Such, it is such hard work. And I had the wedding I had at the weekend. They had a wedding time, and I was chatting to her. And she said that one of her friends had been like, not rudely, but they were like, what is it exactly that you do? Yeah. Like, what do you do? Like, on a wedding day, what do you do? And it's like, okay, if you're very good at your job, then you planned everything. So on the wedding day, in theory, it should run smoothly. But like you say, it never does. I laugh at people. I laugh in the face of people that say nothing went wrong on my wedding day. Sweetheart, it did. It did. It's just that someone, you know, someone unblocked the toilet with their hands. Exactly. And that was Hannah Rose. (laughs) That was me. (laughs) It's not glamorous. When I used to work at the venue, we used if someone was, if someone chundered in the toilets or outside or whatever, we would we would say to the young waiters, right, you clean up the sick and you can take home a bottle of wine. Like it's yeah. just it's I used to pick up all sorts of all yeah. sorts of things on a Sunday morning from around the venue. Like yeah. it's yeah. not it, oh yeah, that's the least of it. It's it's bizarre that people think it's just a pretty little job and mm. they don't and then they look at it and they think and it's expensive yeah um and they don't necessarily understand how the cost of a wedding planner correlates to the job that they do i mean you if you have a wedding planner if you have a certain style of wedding there's no way on earth that you could do it without one no no exactly and i and i always think you always need some sort of level for every wedding so for example i am a wedding planner that's what i do but i've hired an on-the-day coordinator for my wedding day and it was one of the first things i did because that's to me, that's really important. Like, what? How can you not have a wedding coordinator? And to be honest, even if I had hired a venue with a venue coordinator, I probably would still oh, Well, I was going to say that because that's something that um, I say to people. Like, if, you, um, if you're getting married at home, I always say, do you have a plan or a coordinator? If they say no, I said, you absolutely have to have 100%. a coordinator. 100%. But what's the difference then if you're getting married at a venue with an event manager? How would you argue the difference between the venue's event manager and getting in your own planner or your own coordinator? So I work for the couple. I don't work for the venue. So when when you book me, have me. I literally had a couple book us on Friday, their wedding's next week, because Mm. their venue contacted them to just say their fourth wedding coordinator has just left. And they're at the point where they're like, I can't, I don't trust this anymore. I don't trust that somebody understands my wedding. When you book me, you get me or one of my team and you know who that is. You know, you have that consistency because we ain't going anywhere, you know. Mm. And I'm unbiased to the venue. I'm not going to, on the wedding day, I've been there as a venue having to try and defend things that have gone wrong, you know, oh, because you work for the venue, so you've got to try and defend the venue. You can't, you know, whereas I don't have anything to defend. I'm completely unbiased to everything. Now, be honest with me. Have you enjoyed every single wedding you've done? Uh, no. It's a weird thing to say. You're, you're working. It's hard. Like I just said, it's hard work. Not enjoyed it, but, like, there must be a couple that you remember, you know. 
Do you know what? Uh, no, this is a really crap answer. So, sorry, rubbish. I love everyone. <laughs> I am very lucky and I do have all my couples are awesome. And I do think it's because I advertise myself as me. Like the way you're seeing me now and I've got my hair shoved up, got my hoodie on. I'll go on Instagram like this. I'll do my consultations like this because this is me. Like you're never going to. Yeah. I don't wear makeup. That's just me. You're never going to meet me and I'll be carrying a Gucci handbag. Like doesn't interest me. And I'm very transparent about that. And I'm very much exactly how I'm coming across now is how one of my couples yesterday, I was on a call with him and I'm like, hold the phone. There's a cat in the background. I need to meet this cat because I love cats. Like, that's just how I am. And I don't think people would book me if they don't like, I am quite loud and and I will give you my opinion. And if you want someone that's quite softly spoken, like, okay, so we're going to, <laughs> like, you're not, you're not going to get that with me. You'll just get me. People won't book me if they don't click with that. Like you say, well, yeah. I'm walking around in a, in a magenta pink trouser suit, I rock up in black clothes. Black trousers, black top or a black jumpsuit is generally what I wear. Because well, yes. magenta pink, I'd, I'd be I'd be covered in God knows what within an hour. Well, also, what's handy about all blacks is that you can wedding plan, but also you can mime if there's a lack of entertainment later on. Um, <laughs> exactly. Or... There's so many options when you're only yeah. wearing black. The thing is, though, with the wedding planner, because I or my thing with people booking suppliers, and I always say, especially a wedding planner, especially a celebrant, and especially a photographer, is that you have to like them as people. Hundred percent. You're working with them for a long time. Yeah. And a wedding planner, you you're hiring someone because you want their opinion and you want their judgment and you want their advice. So you're right. If someone, I imagine your couples are all quite similar. I don't imagine you have couples that are. Are they are very softly spoken and delicate and easily offended? Oh, sorry, you went funny then. Am I back? Hello? You're there. I'm always yeah. funny, but please carry on. Sorry, I'm really sorry. I'm just going to have to quickly plug my laptop on. <laughs> uh, when I went on the call, I had like 25% and now I'm at like three. <laughs> I know. Well, we, we like to chat, that's why. Yeah, we, lo- we love to chat. Sorry, hold on and then re-ask me your question. <clears throat> Sorry to your producer, having to cut this bell. <laughs> oh, he's fine. He has to edit everything because I talk so much crap. Fair play, fair play. Right, I'm good to go. You're there. Um, yes, no, I was saying I don't imagine that you're, the kind of couples that come to you are going to be similar to you in character. They're not going to, if they're quiet and softly spoken and easily offended and a bit like soft sounds rude but they're not going to come to you if they're not going to be able to handle your personality yeah but do you know what I do every most of my couples are very different to me that they're in quite like I have couples that are in I have couples that are like quite creative I've got a a bride at the moment who's an interior designer um I've got one that's like in beauty therapy but then I've got some that are in like insurance and they are quite yeah I'd say they're quite I don't know are they serious no I don't know some may like more serious than me. Yeah, I don't know. So what kind of wedding, because also I suppose every plan is, there's a hell of a lot of competition, I'm not going to lie to you. There's no, an really. awful lot of you out there. So how do you distinguish yourself? What's your USP? Like if I'm planning a wedding, what would, <clears throat> what kind of wedding do you specialise in? So I wouldn't say I necessarily, I mean, I've got a big hotel background. So hotels know I'm like the back of my hand. 
um I'll, I'll do marquees stately homes like they're the kind of probably key ones I do at home weddings but I'd say my USPs is um I do not take commission so the price that I quote you is that there's no extras there's no travel there's costs there's no hotel costs everything is included in my price whereas I know a lot of planners quite differently and they're like oh it's 10% of your final cost and all that mm. no this is my price this is my price um uh, depending on what kind of wedding it is that you want um also my other usp like i say no commission so when i'm finding for example i always put three of each supplier of as at a minimum in front of my couple so say we're looking at florists you'll get free florists none of those florists give me commission so what you pay me is what that's all that's what i earn whereas a lot of planners take commission but all that means is the couple are then paying more money because all the florist is doing is giving the giving the planner ten percent, five percent, but they're adding that onto the final bill anyway. Yeah, and they're hiding it in their yeah. costs. So I just think, like in the long run, yes, I'm probably more expensive than probably a lot of fifty percent of the wedding planners in the UK. I don't know. That's a figure I've pulled out of my head, but actually, I'm not because in the long run you'll be paying less for your suppliers. And also, I do, you know venues do it sometimes where. It's all very hidden costs. Yeah. It's all like, oh, I'll do X, but then you'll need Y. And, yeah. And I'm a bit like you. I would much rather someone just say, do you know what? It's going to be £100, no matter what, the end, rather than go, yeah. it's going to be £70, oh, and that'll be 10 and that'll be 20 exactly. and that, Because at the end of the day, it's an expensive bloody exercise mm-hmm. getting married. Like, you, yeah. it's hard to do it cheap. Yeah. And... So you've got money coming out your arsehole and you just don't know where to look and what to do and how much you're spending here and how much you're spending there. And you want someone that's going to just be honest and open and transparent and clear and sort of say, this is what it's going to cost you. No excuses, no extras. And for that, I'll work bloody hard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. And I think so that's probably... One of my main USPs is it, yeah, it's a set price. There's no commission. And also just me, just being me. No one else is me. So I never think of other planners as competition. They're not because no one's me and I'm not them. If you like them, you're not going to like me. If you're not going to, if you like me, you're not going to like them, you know? See, you're very good. I get terrible imposter syndrome. Do you? Yeah. And I, as much as I try, I have to like, literally I have to sit myself down and say, Liv, you've done, you've done well. You're doing yeah. well. Yeah. Because I just look at everyone else and I'm like, oh, they're doing that and they're doing that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, hang on. And I think that is very normal. And I'm very much, I struggle with not being liked. So if somebody mm. was to meet me and it's probably nothing, it's nothing personal to, to me. It's just like, you know, we haven't quite gelled or whatever. But yeah. I would be like, oh, they've picked them. Like, they must have preferred them to me. Well, it probably isn't. It's probably just because they're cheaper than me because they're claiming commission. So they're only going to give you the suppliers that yeah. give them the most money, <laughs> not actually who work for you the best. <laughs> Drives I me know. insane. Honestly, the amount of planners that I see that just use the same suppliers all the time, not because it's good for their couple or works for their couple or, you know, it, every wedding I do is different. You've got different suppliers because they match that my couple and what they want and and the style that they want you know i just see so many cookie cutter yeah. weddings and the reason being if you're looking for a planner right now and you go on their instagram and they're using the same supplies all the time it's because they're getting commission i see i that's fascinating because i would never have thought that mm. yeah i would never have thought that but you're right i mean it's good to have a niche and i think it's good to have a signature style as such but 
every wedding should be different. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why I do what I do is because I think that it should be such a personalised occasion and it should be um, so bespoke for each couple. So yeah, if you're using the same suppliers for every wedding, boring, isn't it? 100%. And there's so many weddings and I'm all about bringing couples' personalities into the day. So I'm like, okay, what do you like? Like, what can we bring into it? Like, do you like Harry Potter? Let's name your tables after Hogwarts, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you had it? So tell me about, have you had any crazy weddings, any like weird and wonderful things that you've thought? that is amazing or like that's awful but we'll do it anyway <laughs> i did do it. i've done a harry potter themed wedding that was quite cool yeah. they're massive fans big fans so we did do a harry potter themed wedding my favorite weddings are um fusion weddings so we did one last year um she was thai he was british and um obviously it's really hard because he was um religious so well uh, christian so he wanted to have his his ceremony in a church but she mm -hmm. was Buddhist. Um, so we got five monks from Birmingham to agree with the church to come down. So we had a, a Christian church with five monks come in doing this. Stop it. And so oh, my God. I just visualized five monks from Birmingham in a van. <laughs> Tootling down the motorway. And it was just after COVID, so they had masks on as well. It was so funny. And oh all their orange God, robes, no shoes, like they got out bare feet. Like, yeah, it was really Barefoot cool. in Birmingham is risky, Mark. Well, I know, yeah. But it was really, it was a really good experience. And we went to the to the temple to meet them as well before the wedding, which was really cool. And we got like all this tea and like did a little bit of meditation. Like it was it was a, such an immense experience. And they're my favourite kind of weddings because so I just one did one recently. He was Nigerian, she was Greek Cypriot, and it just like the two different cultures. Like two, we did two different like outfits and different music, different food. Like it's just so cool. I just I, I love yeah. I love fusion weddings my favorite 100%. it is very cool and I and that's one of the things that I get to experience yes. being a celebrant is because you can't as you know with the it's not often you can get five monks from Birmingham into a Christian church um, no, it's, it's, either, it's either a Christian service or it's a civil service where you can have no religion or culture mm. or spirituality or any of that stuff because it's a load of rubbish um but so that's what I love about what I do is because I can fusion things within the ceremony. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because that's, the, that's what it is nowadays. That people, is. you know, people don't just live where they grew up and, and no. they're all the same. And, you know, you meet people from all over the world and different backgrounds and different cultures and beliefs. And you, you should be able to illustrate those differences on the wedding day. Definitely. hundred percent. Yeah. It's all about being personable. And I think that's the problem is sometimes you do see too much of the same thing. And I, and I, it makes me really sad when I look at a couple and everything that, or every response is, yeah, but my mum wants me to do that. My mum wants me to do yeah. that. And, and you look at the wedding and you're like, this isn't them. And that's what I kind of try and avoid doing. Now, I've seen it with friends. I've been to friends' weddings where I've been a guest and I just think, wow, this is not them at all. Like you can see yeah. how uncomfortable they are, but they're doing it for the parents or they're doing it for whatever reason, their religion or whatever. Um, I'm currently yeah, doing actually a, a a wedding for um uh well in Indian of you know their family are originate from India they're British they've lived in Britain their whole lives um but they like you know we want to do the Indian traditions and stuff for our parents but we want yeah. basically you know we really streamlined it back and they've got a beautiful stately home. 
the flat, you know, all the decor is not a like Asian. You know, when you think Asian wedding, they're like, we don't want yeah. that. We want, yes, we want the Asian, the, the Indian ceremonies, those traditions, but we do not want an Asian wedding. My yeah, fair play. Lovely. Yeah, I get that quite a lot, actually. I'm from this religion, or I'm from this culture, but I'm not practising, so I, I want yeah. a nod to it or a gesture to it, but I don't want it to be the resounding practice. 100%, yeah, yeah. Do you do, in your experience of planning weddings, how often do you have celebrants over registrars or vicars? A lot of the time, because... I push it. <laughs> to be honest, we do quite a lot of church weddings, but when they're not church weddings, it's very rare we do a civil ceremony wedding because, uh, yeah, I just always tell them, don't do that. <laughs> Get a celebrant because, yeah, I just, well, I'm doing it myself, you know. As I've said, I'm just not a fan of a civil ceremony. And then do you think, do you, have you had many couples in the past who haven't hired a professional celebrant, but they've got a friend, friend or family member to do it? Yeah, yeah, I have I have done that before. What I normally advise is is that um they still reach out to a celebrant to write the script. So even if it's yeah. that they want their friend or family member to lead it, that you because writing a script is really hard. <laughs> yeah. No, that's something I that's something I offer as well, especially when people inquire and I'm already booked on that day. Is I yeah. I do a writing and consultancy service because I think it's all very nice in theory that your friend will marry you, but actually. It's, that's a big ask. It is, yeah, yeah. And so what is it that you don't like about registrars, hey? <laughs> uh, I don't think they listen to this podcast. It, no, <laughs> very true. I just think, right, this is my big gripe, yeah. Here we go. Yeah, hit me, tell me. The council-led service, right? So when you ring up to book your service, it's, hi, do you want to speak about council tax? Do you want to talk about your waste? Do you, you know... <laughs> do you want to book your wedding ceremony because it's all led by the council right when yeah. you get through to them they're the least un the most like unexcited people ever when I booked my wedding ceremony it was like literally like I was booking a dentist appointment like you yeah. want someone that's going to be excited for you and stuff but I get it because you're probably working in the council office like you probably are booking in people's bins and then booking yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't I don't know how it works but that's my experience is that it is very you know, it's just a service, you know. It's just yeah. another day at work, isn't it? Yeah. And then obviously the registrars on the day is very hit and miss. You don't know who you're going to get on the day. Mm. Some are lovely, some aren't, some are assholes. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and it's just so structured. Like you can't even sit down and have a drink in the ceremony. I've never understood that. You can't have any alcohol. You can't even have soft drinks. You can't have any food. Like I want my guests to come in, grab a beer, sit down and and, and lovely. Do you know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. I think nine times out of ten, especially with a civil ceremony, it's very much the party starts after the wedding. Yeah, after the ceremony. And everyone hates and the ceremony. It's so boring. And also, it's very, it's very structured. Like, you have to have their readings, which I wouldn't want. Like, if, if someone's do, yeah. read, doing a reading, I want them to have written it or at least found it themselves. Um, yeah. And also, like, the timing. Like, if you're late, well, they're going home. <laughs> aren't they just they're busy well, they've got to go home and watch Strictly State. like yeah. they're off well they do back to back ceremonies so they do like 10, 12, 2, 4 they're off to another venue to do another they're like well if she's and I had one recently who was really rude and not for one of my weddings I was freelancing and in front of the bridesmaids and the mum she was like where is the bride and I was like well I, I couldn't tell you because I haven't got a tracker on her car so I'm not 100% sure where she is right now 
The bridesmaids are here. They've been here about 15 minutes. So I'd say she'll be here any minute. They're like, if she doesn't come in the next five minutes, we're leaving. And the bridesmaids and the mums could hear all this. And it just caused, str- they're all then like, oh, she? Like, and I'm like, can you maybe keep your voice down or not say this, you know? And, you know, things like it was, I've had a wedding where it was a bit wet weather. And we're like, okay, well, we're going to have to move where we do your little meeting and... You know, they want to do these meetings beforehand. The grooms takes like yeah. 10 minutes. The bride takes 10, 15 minutes. You don't want to be doing that. You're about to no, get married. It, it just adds stress to it. And like, it's so funny because every time I go to every single wedding I go to, the other suppliers, especially the photographers, are all like, oh, thank God we've got a television. Yes. And because so I'm literally like, I said to this photographer at the weekend, she was like, do you mind? I was like, babe, I will move aside for the walk down the aisle I'll move aside for the kiss if I'm in the way and you want to move me move me like physically move me in the middle of the ceremony I don't care if you need to get that shot or if you need to film something or if you need to like I am not the most important person in this room I'm the third most important person in that room maybe the second (laughs) maybe maybe the second but it's and, and also it's like if they're late they always look at you like oh god is it okay i'm like yeah take your time like i'm having a lovely time yeah, exactly. i'll have a drink i'll just chat, chat to people yeah. it doesn't it's oh it's just there's no point adding stress to it you're not there to add stress you're there no. to make someone's day better mm. and i just think i think because they do so many you kind of lose that love of it i mean they're saying yeah, of course the same thing every, like four times a day it must get boring this this story uh, it's really sad but it shows how unpersonal they are. I had a bride last year and her dad had passed away fairly recently to the wedding. She went into her pre-wedding interview and they asked for her dad's name. And obviously it just, she's just, she's gone. Mm. She's gone. She's they just didn't know. Because, yeah, they were just like reading out their standard paperwork. Whereas you as a celebrant would know that situation. Yeah. You would have already probably added bits of that into the ceremony. You would have been yeah. very sensitive to that situation. They weren't sensitive. They were just following protocol. They're like, well, we need to know his name. We know he's deceased, but like, we need to know, we need you to confirm the name kind of thing. Oh my God. That's one of the questions in my questionnaire is, is there anyone in particular you would like me to mention? For example, a close relative who has passed. And normally, if I do mention it, it's only when it's been a parent, really. Um, Because people like grandparents or aunties and uncles and what have you, they quite often they'll be mentioned in speeches later on. But if it is something like a parent, which devastatingly is happens more often than we'd like to think, Mm. I do think it's important to mention it because do you know what? It's the right at the beginning of the day. It's it's one of those things on your wedding day. If you've got a parent that's passed, people are going to be thinking about it. You can't ignore it. It's happened. It's sad. So just a little quick nod, you know, they're not here, but they're so proud of you and everything that you're doing and, and they're watching you and they're here in spirit and all that stuff. And then you move on. You've yeah. said it, it's out there at the beginning of the day and then you can put it to one side exactly. and try and enjoy it. But the same um, you've time, got to be they sensitive don't want to it. that, they can tell you that. Like, please. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. But then, you know, it was just, and I just thought, no. And then it made it really late. And then they were trying to like rush her along because she was upset. Then she wanted her makeup redone. And yeah, it was just a bit of a nightmare. But it just goes just through adds, how yeah. unpersonal that they are because they didn't, they either didn't know that information or they felt like they could bring it up when they couldn't. No. So now tell me, Hannah Rose, if you had to say three top tips, 
Mm-hmm. Hannah Rose, three top tips for planning your wedding. Go. <laughs> one. First one is always my top tip, which is realize what people actually care about on the day. So that's the food, the booze, the music, right? They don't care. Oh my God, literally those are the three things I always say that only anyone cares about. There you go. Things like favours, flip-flop. And do you know what is really irritating me lately? And I did a video on TikTok about it recently. Is all you keep seeing on TikTok lately and Instagram is things you must have at your wedding. Guests will love this at your wedding. You have to have this at your wedding. Like, you don't have to have anything. Like, and I feel like people who aren't in the wedding industry, see those things and feel the pressure like, oh, I now need a flip-flop basket and I need those neon foam sticks which are suddenly popular. I need those heart-shaped glasses which are suddenly popular. No, no, no. Yeah. No, you don't. I need three outfit changes. I need a choreographer. But people do well. think that. Because of social media, they think, oh, well, I must have that because that's what everyone's having. It's all keeping up with the Joneses. And you're absolutely yeah. right. If there's enough food, enough booze and something to dance to, that's all they care about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's like my my main top tip. Um, the second one is to always make sure you budget. I know, hey, people hate talking about money, but I'm sorry, but if you can't sit down with your other half and discuss this is how much we're going to overall spend on your our wedding, then you you're marrying the wrong person. You need to sit down. You have mm. to figure in your head. You need to be able to have conversations with parents to say, look, are you putting any money in because you want an overall total cost? then you want to split it down. I always recommend to put 50% of your budget aside for your venue and catering. So don't go and suddenly start Googling wedding venues and go on venue viewings because then what I see so often, um, especially when I do um, like cat- when I was doing catering management and stuff like that, you, what you see is people go and book this lovely venue. They then get their quote for catering and they're like, what? It's how much? But they've already booked and signed mm. the contract because they got they got too excited and they don't realise that actually, you know, yes, they had thirty grand to spend, but they've spent six of it on the venue. But actually, like that's a big yeah. chunk, you know. And they don't realise the food and drink. You need to break it down. And I know when you're not in the industry it's hard. But even if you pay a planner for a power hour session just to sit down and go through your budget, do it. Or there's probably like ones online that you can that you can download mm. or you just have to do your research and you know, before you book anything, get quotes from everybody. Okay, we want a want a band. You know, I always say, you know, work out when you're doing your budget, what are your things that are important to you? If you're foodies, then yeah. put a bigger amount of budget in your food. If you really want a band, put a bigger amount in, in entertainment. If you want the incredible flowers, put you know, may always have that key thing and then everything else comes kind of afterwards. You always want those you know, the key, the things that you have to have, you know, like food, mm. drink, you know, music, uh, what is your most important one? And then all the other little things is just, is extras, you know. That's a good tip. And then my third one is to actually enjoy the day. Um, I see it quite a lot where the, 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 the I'm going to say the bride, bridegroom, I know, you know, but I'm not going to lie, it's normally the bride. Um, <laughs> if it's two grooms. I don't normally see it. It's, it's if it if it's a female, basically, that they've spent so many months stressing and worrying about their flip flops and their uh, this, that, and the others, and their photo frames and their guest books and their all these things. That on the day they're then like, "What's that? What's that?" And even if they're part of corner, the amount of my couples that I've had to say to you, like, "You need to chill. Like, you need yeah. to remember that we're here. You need to trust your suppliers." Because on the day, all your guests want to see is you enjoying yourself. And 
I just see it so often when they're not. You can just tell they're thinking about 50 other things. The day goes quick. It starts from the minute you wake up, not the minute you walk down the aisle. Why, why would you just don't stress? Don't stress. Well, that's one of the reasons why I think that people should have at least an on-the-day coordinator is because it's then they stress. But even sometimes when people have that, you get two types of people. You get the ones that just let go. And do you know what? Normally, it's the ones that you never think of. They're, they're a nightmare the whole way through. Not a nightmare. I hate that word. But, you know, they are quite particular and they want it a certain way. And they're very, yeah. much, oh, I hope it doesn't rain. Then on the day, they actually don't care. They're like, brilliant. I'm, I'm loving life. That's so true. It's yeah. the ones that are a bit of a nightmare throughout the planning. And yeah. then... Yeah, the most pernickety ones. Yeah, and you're and then you you get to on the day and you're like, oh, but do you want this? Do you want that? Because you've been dealing with them being pernickety, and then they're like, oh, I don't care. You're like, really, really? Now, not bothered. Not bothered where Nan sits after I've just planned the seat and planned fifty times. Yeah, no. And then you get the people who, yeah, you can see they're just constantly looking out for things, and it doesn't matter. Who, how many times you tell them more, or they're worrying about times. Oh, Hannah, do, do, are we, have we got to sit down soon? Like, well, what's the time? What's the time? I'm like, don't worry about the time. I'll come and get you when you've got to sit down. Yeah. I'm worrying about the time in the background because the Hannah Rose wedding runs to time, you know. So I'm in the background managing that, you, you know, and I'm never, you know, I try and not be like, you do have to get to the point where you're like, okay, we really need to move along now. Like, yeah. you know what it's like? Shepherding people. Yeah, because you're the most popular person ever. If you, You're the most popular on your wedding day. Everyone wants to talk to you. So there are moments where I have to say, I'm really sorry, we have to take the, take the, the couple for the photos. You know, things like that. But I try yeah. not to get them stressed about it. Like, okay, right, we need to go now, you know. But uh, yeah, you always get those those certain those handful of people each year. But you can just see they've they've not switched off. They've not just fully mm. immersed themselves, or they're going around all their guests because they feel like they have to go around and speak to them all and do all those. Like, <laughs> they should have invited less bloody people then. Yeah, just enjoy yourself. Like if people want to come and speak to you, they come and speak to you. But I don't think people ever feel like they have to like hang around with you all day like people know that that's not going to be the case you know so yeah. I don't think I'd worry about speaking to everyone maybe I'm just a bit of a bitch no do you know what I felt a little bit that's why I wanted to do a small day for my wedding because when it was my 30th birthday I know yes I am that old um, <laughs> I'm actually nearly 34 I'm like oh. um on my birthday party, I felt really like, like I had people that had travelled really far to come and I was really like, oh, did I spend enough time with them? So I kind of, that was A, kind of why I wanted a smaller wedding because I felt that pressure. And B, I've just really yeah. told myself like it doesn't matter. Maybe for a birthday party, you do have to be a little bit more like, I don't know. But on a wedding day, sure. people, yeah, people expect to have to travel and might only speak to you for 10 minutes. It is what it is. And we're also doing mm. little things like we're encouraging all our guests to come and stay for two nights. So they'll travel up on the Saturday, our wedding's on the Sunday, and then Monday, it's bank holiday weekend, basically. And then Monday, we're going to do a breakfast back at the venue. Because I think then it is like nice. during the breakfast and stuff that you can then chat to people and stuff a bit more than on the actual day. Oh, yeah. So it's always like the morning after the night before, isn't it? That's when you get yes. the best off. Yeah, like, oh, look at this photo. Did you see that person that was really drunk? And you're like, no. Yeah. Did you see that couple argument? No. <laughs> I know, I love that bit. That's the best me bit. And then, and then people reminding you of it and you're like, oh, shit, was that me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, my love, it's going to be so exciting having your own wedding to look forward to. And no. you know what it's like in the wedding industry, that time is 
nothing. So May is going to come around so quick. I can't believe it's seven months away. Like, I'm like, wow. It's gonna, it is going to, and especially with Christmas on the way. As soon as Christmas yeah. is on the way, it's going to like boom. But I am, I'm really excited for my honeymoon. I think that's, again, I think people don't always think about, they're a bit like, oh yeah, it's a holiday, where are we going to go? But I'm like. Where, what are you doing for it? Where are you going? We haven't actually booked it yet. Our current plan is, but flights are a bit of an issue. We want to go to Kathmandu and Pakora, which is in Nepal. Um, we want there's some beautiful resorts up in the mountains, which very wow. nice. yeah. Oh wow! Well, you'll be doing lots of climbing slash hiking slash well, aggressive walking. Well, we probably won't do much, but it's more just being in the mountains. Like we just love it. Like just being in that atmosphere. I mean, I'm look at me. I'm not going to be going and sunbathing on a beach, am I? I'm just. <laughs> you <laughs> love a mountain, mountain air, don't you? The mountain dew. Yeah, and just like we will probably, yeah, we will do a bit of like exploring. We're very much we're not the kind of people that go and lay on a beach for two weeks. And I think I see so many people that are like, oh yeah, well we need to go to like the Maldives. You know, it's a very and I did that to start with. I was like, oh, we'll look at the Maldives, but I'm like. Hang on, that is so not us. Like, we're not going to yeah. land for two weeks. Again, really don't just great. do what's expected of you. Do what you right. want to do. And everyone keeps saying to us, oh, but it's your honeymoon. Don't you just want to chill out together for a couple of weeks? And we're like, no. no. <laughs> we, I want to do it. So we have to talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. No, I'm joking. Um, we we want to do a trip that we would never, ever do again. And that's the kind of thing that you'd never, ever do again. So I think that's what honeymoon's for. It's yeah. the holiday of a lifetime or yeah. the adventure of a lifetime, no matter what that means to you. It should be, yeah, something you're not going to do again. Yeah. And then it'll be straight it's back be into, wedding, into wedding season. <laughs> oh, my darling. It's so, it's so exciting. Um, thank you so much for no talking to me. Thank you for having me. It's been absolutely wonderful. And I'm so... I'm in, in. I'm feeling inspired. I'm feeling like re-energized for the season Yay! that's coming to an end. <laughs> when? Well, my season doesn't finish until second of December, and then I'm freelancing for a catering company that I work with a lot. Um, Christmas parties and stuff, and then it starts again in February. I know that's it. Do you know? There's no. There's no downtime. But also, knowing you, you'll probably be working at the post office again in January. So. Definitely not. <laughs> well, January is like my busiest time for inquiries. So if you are looking for a planner, yeah. January, February is yeah. mental. So get in now. The amount of times I, I, it's like people wait to January and then they go, oh, "It's my wedding this year." They do. I'm panicked. They I haven't do. done anything, and then they're ringing me like in a panic, like, "Oh, it's my wedding this yeah. year." Like, just get in now. Get in now. Just get in there. Autumn. Autumn's the perfect time to book your wedding planner. It is, because like our last full plans end this month. We've got, like I say, we've got a couple more right up until December, but they're more kind of on the day management stuff, not as... So they, that is our quieter kind of time, is November, yeah. I'd say, is our quietest time. Oh, yeah. Well, then you can plan your own bloody wedding. Get on with it, girl. Oh, yeah. Welcome to this week's RSVP. I, something a little different now. Um, I wanted to share with you an inquiry I had as Olivia Coleman celebrant, um, rather than a DM that has been slid in to me. <laughs> Sounds very strange. So this is an inquiry I got um, from Robin, and which actually as a woman's name, I assume it's a woman, by the way it's spelt, um, but I'm really enjoying that as a girl's name. 
Um, so she says, hello there. I have loved your podcast for a while and my fiancé and I have recently got engaged. Note point there. What I enjoy is the implication that she's been listening to the podcast prior to the engagement. And I, I enjoy and support that level of forward planning. She continues. We are now looking at creating a dream team of fucking excellent humans to be involved in making our wedding happen. I tell you, I'm in love with this girl. The people are the most important bit. Preach. Once we've worked out suppliers, then we can work out venue and dates, etc. But we're thinking June or July 2025. I would love to have a chat and see if you think we could be your sort of people. Wait for the last bit. I warn you, there will be drag queens and we have already decided that it would be bloody hilarious for our first dance to be Butterfly by Crazy Town. Which I can't tell you. I emailed her back and I was like, I, that could be the best inquiry I've ever had in my life. She's ticked every box. I'm excited. I'm going to keep you posted and let you know if I book that wedding and if we have a chat. Drag queens and Crazy Town. I tell you. I tell you. Thank you so much for listening. It really does mean the world. If you find this podcast even remotely helpful or moderately entertaining, share with all your friends and family. You can DM me any questions, queries, if you want to share any stories on the podcast Instagram at I'll Marry You Podcast. Get in touch. I want to hear all your tall tales. See you soon. I'll Marry You is a podcast by Olivia Coleman. The music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones and the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee.